BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. Welcome to How to Survive, the show that teaches you how to survive the stuff that can kill you. Like the Santa Anas, or a scorpion bite, or the death of a parent. Sad. And the stuff that just makes you wish you were dead. Like stomach growls, or a yogurt comedy. (laughs) I did not see that coming. Or Barbara Streisand's perfume. (laughs) Oh my God. Play the theme song. Play it. Hello. Hi. Guys. Here we are. Here we are. So today is actually Halloween, even though when you're listening to this, it's a week after Halloween. So your bellies are aching from too much candy. Oh, I hope you didn't get any razor blades. Oh, I hope not. That's not even a thing. It never happened. No. Mm -mm. It was all a myth. Yes. It was an urban legend. Did your parents react to it? Did they... Let me. Do you want to think about that for a second, Danielle? They, just, they were just like, <laughs> that was not a concern in our house. I can see. My um, parents took all our candy and then gave us full size candy, and it was not uh, the same thing at all. So they took your bags of candy and yeah. then gave you full size candy bars that they got from the store. Yeah. That doesn't sound fun somehow. It wasn't as fun. I mean, they let us trick or treat, but, mm-hmm. you know, my mom is definitely one of those over reactors. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, I guess. I don't know if I heard that that was going around. Would I react in a, in a time before the internet where you just assumed what you heard on the news was true? You know, I had a harrowing experience this morning involving vitamins. Um, <laughs> so I get I just take two vitamins because doctors have told me. B- Is it like twelve? Okay. And uh, D3 or something like that. I don't know. I sunk your battleship. The Bones ones. The Bones ones. Exactly. The Bones ones. So I get them at Whole Foods. And Whole Foods seems to change their brands every two seconds in terms of vitamins. So it's Mm -hmm. never... I can't just look at the bottle and get the same one because they keep... They they mark it. They like to change the colors. It's not just that. It's just they have different brands of vitamins there. And anyway, so I get vegan vitamins because I don't want the the uh, horse hooves and the sure, gel sure. So usually that just means either a chewable or a, they make vegan, you know, uh, soft gels. Yeah. So I buy two new ones yesterday. They're both chewable. I of get course. them home. I open them up this morning. They're the most repulsive thing I've ever had in my life. Oh no. And I was like, so as I'm chewing it and like trying to get it down, one of them's really big. I'm like, I'm, this is so disgusting. 
can I return open vitamins? Like, vitamins aren't cheap. I mean, they were on sale, but still, they're not cheap. Like, can I return an open bottle? And then I'm like, what if I wrapped it in a piece of cheese? I'm treating myself like a dog. A piece of cheese. <laughs> like my own dog. Oh, I thought you meant to return it. No, I meant like, like so they, they would think that mass- was the plastic. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, what? I'm like, can I trick myself into eating this vitamin? If yes. I just Like I'm my own pet. <laughs> oh, I want you to treat yourself and take it back. I'm going to try to take yeah. it back. It's you, so you gross. Can. You can. You just have to say, you changed your brand. This is terrible. I need to get a different yeah. one. Really? Even though it's open? Yeah. Really? Okay. Yes. I mean, I know you can do that at Target. I know you can like stomp on, you know, a grapefruit yes. and return it. Yes. And be like, sorry, I stomped on this grapefruit. But I didn't know if at Whole Foods they have a liberal oh, return policy. I don't know their policy, but I would just go in and <sighs> say. Got to find the, got uh, to tell Jimmy not to uh, throw away the trash because I threw away the receipt. Well, you have it probably on your card anyway. Yeah. You, you, know, yeah. you just say, I think a lot of it has to do with language. You don't say, I don't know if I can return this, but you just say, these taste like ass. These are terrible. I'm returning them. The brand has changed. Yeah. I need a different one. Oh, so revolting. I'd rather eat a whole uh, cow hoof. Listen, speaking of. <laughs> yeah. Really? Speaking what? of? Yeah. No, there, this is a segue. <laughs> okay. I found out that I am anemic. Again. Oh, Christine. I know a lot of women are, apparently. It's not anything severe, but... You have to take iron, I have to take iron, like I used to when I was pregnant. And so I, like you, Mm -hmm. wanted a chewable because I hate swallowing big vitamins. Yeah. And so I got some iron chewables. Uh Uh-huh. And... Oh. They are disgusting. I bet. They're like raspberry flavor or whatever. Right. But then right at the end, it just literally tastes like you're eating blood. Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. You would need to return these too. It's so gross. Well, it's righted where you can really, you know, you can take oh, back okay. an old tampon just... and be like, I used this and I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, all right, just go get another box. Just um, throw the bottle on their head. Yeah. So. Yeah, you should return it. That's gross. I mean, vitamins. I didn't know they were chewable iron. Yeah. Can you just lick, you know, a stair a stairwell post or something? I mean, just old old, old lamp posts. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, oh, okay, copper. I have been eating cheeseburgers once a week. You'd think right. that would so be you'd enough. Think that would help, but right. no. Hmm. It's clearly that I am very iron deficient. Yeah. So I'm hoping if I eat some more iron, I will be less tired all the time. Is it just in um Red meat, iron? No, you can get it yeah, from leafy vegetables. You can get it, you can get it from spinach and green and other green vegetables. I, I don't know. I eat a lot of vegetables. I feel like yeah. I am a pretty healthy, you know. We're just broken. We are broken inside mm-hmm. and mentally and physically. Yeah. All there those. is no ways that we are not broken. No, 100%. List one way we are not broken. Can you? Um, can you? Comedically. Oh, Speaking of that, yes. Christine is dressed as Rhoda today. For uh, Halloween, and uh, we got it right away. You did. You know what? I was like, "Is there a, a, an older reference I can do than Mrs. Roper?" Right. She was dressed as Mrs. Roper for the bonus episode last night. Turns out I could. Yep. You know, I wanted to do something in a tribute to you and Garen. That's so sweet because you both love Rhoda. Yeah. And I had never seen an episode. Still haven't. But last night I did watch a lot of clips, and I was. I don't know why I'd be surprised. The jokes were so solid. So good. Do you guys want to hear the joke my kids said? Yes. In the car last night? So we taped a bonus episode last night, as our listeners who are in our um, Seek Shelter Patreon 
Patreon, Patreon. I don't know. It's so stupid. It should all be called Patreon. We're just going to do that. Can we just do You're that? You're the Patreons, and it's called I, Patreon. Yeah. I can't say and, it, I can't yeah. say it two different ways. So it's right. all Patreon. Uh, they they are very aware that I was drugged last night. Oh, okay, <laughs> against my will, right? <laughs> for the episode, so I had a driver. My husband. Well, explain. You had a you had. A I had to have an MRI. Right. I'm very claustrophobic, so I had taken right. a drug. So I was driven here, and my husband and my kids picked me up. And my and when I got in the car, they were like, "Hey, do you want to hear a joke?" Um, we we read this on the back of our squeezy yogurt. Okay. Uh. What did the what did one squirrel say to the other squirrel? Uh-huh. I'm going to nut all over you. Hmm. And come on. I'm like come on. That was on your squeezy yogurt? <laughs> Where did you get I mean this it yogurt? does yeah. it, it does look like I mean there is a there is a correlation between yeah. what squeezy yogurt looks like and that joke. Yeah. <laughs> but and then they were like, "Mom, what does that even mean to nut all over you?" Unbelievable, and I think that that was when I said, um, "Where'd you guys go when uh, <laughs> I was taping?" I like just quickly. How could that be? I feel like they heard it at the school, and they're saying they saw it on a squeezy yogurt. But they didn't have that look on their faces of like trying to not burst into laughter, like when they were like, "Hey, mom, you know, no, 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 what's I- a blowjob?" No, I mean like they know it's bad, but they don't know what it means. And some kid told it to them, and they're saying they don't want to say that a kid told it to them, so they're saying that they got it from a squeezy no, yogurt. No, I totally get you, but if I think if that yeah, were the case, they would still be. They smirking. would be like, <laughs> okay, you know, trying to not laugh. They just seriously seemed very like, what does what that even f- mean? Fuck, you got to write yo play or whatever that is. I got to. F- I I'm like, find, tell me the brand of squeezy yogurt you had. Jesus. By the way, nothing grosser than a, I'm not saying your kids, but you know, there are gross kids. You know how they're just are gross kids. Yeah. Nothing worse than a gross kid eating a squeezy yogurt. Or just squeezy yogurts. Or just squeezy yogurts in general. So gross. So gross. So gross. I think we used to freeze, yes, we used to freeze them. Yes, we did that too. And that was more palatable. We couldn't have them in the house, really, because my kids would just eat like six of them. We couldn't get them to stop eating them. Oh, so they had them somewhere. You having another squeezy yogurt? Stop. So where do they get the squeezy yogurt from? See, I'm telling you, their story's falling apart. I think school had them, maybe. I don't even know. Okay. I don't know. It's getting getting rough Maybe Sven put them up to it. Oh, he... This would be funny to say to your mom. Are we ready to get into today's topic or or no? Yes. We are? I am so ready. Okay. It's spooky. (laughs) It's okay if it is or isn't because it's not Halloween anymore. No. How does... Only in our hearts. All right. Oh. Oh, in your hearts. Okay. How to survive losing your spouse. Ooh. Ooh. Well, that's sad. I know. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I like that the uh, URL for this is like gov slash health slash morning dash death dash spouse. Okay. When your spouse dies, your world changes. You are in mourning, feeling grief and sorrow at the loss. You may feel numb, shocked, and fearful. You may feel guilty. For being the one who is still alive. Yeah. At some point, you may even feel angry at your spouse for leaving you. Sure. All of these feelings are normal. There are no rules about how you should feel. There is no right or wrong way to mourn. I would say that's true just about in every case yeah. in mourning. When you grieve, you can feel both physical and emotional pain. People who are grieving often cry easily and can have trouble sleeping, little interest in food, 
problems with concentration, and a hard time making decisions. In addition to dealing with feelings of loss, you also may need to put your own life back together. This can be hard. Some people feel better sooner than they expect. Others may take longer. Some people get married right away. Oh, we're going to get into that. Okay, good. Yeah. I Isn't that weird? Like, it's, Yeah, it seems so weird. But I guess I think people just are in grieving and they're just like, I want to th- not think about this. Right. As time passes, you may still miss your spouse. But for most people, the intense pain will lessen. There will be good and bad days. You will know you are feeling better when there are more than more good days than bad. Mm. You may feel guilty for laughing at a joke or enjoying a visit with a friend. It is important to understand this can be a common feeling. Finding a support system. Mm -hmm. There are many ways to grieve and learn to accept loss. Try not to ignore your grief. Support may be available until you can manage your grief on your own. You know, find buddies. Find grief buddies. (laughs) You could, yeah, join a support group and that would, I think, be a good idea. It is especially important to get help with your loss if you feel overwhelmed or very depressed by it. Family and compassionate friends can be great support. They are grieving too. And some people find that sharing memories is one way to help each other. For some people, mourning can go on so long that it becomes unhealthy. Okay, remember to take good care of yourself. You might know that grief affects how you feel emotionally, but you may not realize it can also have physical effects. The stress of death and your grief could even make you sick. Yeah, I could see that. Yep. Eat well, exercise, and get enough sleep and get back to doing things you enjoy. When my brother died, I just drank Diet Coke and I ate um, chocolate croissants. That was really? like all I ate. Yeah. I don't remember. I mean, I, I was there. You were there. Yeah. I don't ever remember you eating a chocolate croissant, but you know what? Our backs were to each other. So maybe <laughs> that's <you> were, right. <laughs> I snuck it. You were just, I was eating it like a little. I didn't see that. Like a little raccoon. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, you just your body goes into like also when I'm sick, I only want certain things. And yeah. when you're grieving, you also only want certain things like yeah. you can't even I mean, I've never been so sad about anything in my life that I stopped eating. Yeah. Like not once. Yeah. But that was probably the closest. Like I did get kind of a little dangerously thin, um, mm-hmm. but just for like a month. You yeah. Know? And then it yeah. was like then I just looked at a piece of food and then I, I gained it back. Um, accept offers of help or companionship from friends and family. It's good for you and for them. If you have children, remember they are grieving too. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it will take time for the whole family to adjust to life without your spouse. You may find that your relationship with your children and their relationship with each other have changed. Open, honest communication is important. What? Oh, this is interesting. What are the signs of complicated grief? Complicated grief. Compli- Not simple grief. Com- it's long grief. Yes. You have to do the, you have to show your work. You have to carry over. You have to carry over <laughs> mm-hmm. and you can't round. You no. have to give an exact number. Yep. If it's over 50, you have to round up. Yeah. Right. Complicated grief is a condition that occurs in 7%, about 7% of people who have recently lost a loved one. People with this condition may be unable to comprehend the loss, experience intense prolonged grief, and have trouble resuming their own life. Mm. Signs of complicated grief may include overly negative emotions, dramatically restricting your life to try to avoid places you went with the deceased, and being unable to find meaning or purpose in life. Complicated grief can be a serious condition, and those who have it may need additional help to overcome the loss. Support groups, professionals, and close loved ones can help comfort and support someone with this condition. Okay, this is probably, I would say, the most important thing. Make plans and be active. Get out of the house. Get the fuck out of 
You know, what, you know what I'm going to say? What? Pickleball. Pickleball, right? go to the desert and take drugs. Mm-hmm. With some friends that you with like. With friends. Don't do it alone. Eat a croissant. Eat a croissant while playing pickleball. <laughs> On shrooms. On shrooms? Yep. Oh. Now, right. would that make pickleball easier or harder? I'm guessing well, harder. Well, you were going to find it easier, but you're going to actually be playing worse. You think you're... You think you're, you think you're doing great, doing great, yeah. and you're just, and then the film shows you that you're, you were not, you're not even hitting the ball. Yeah, it's like it's like you think you just wrote the best screenplay you've ever written. You're like, this is gold, this right. is gold. Yeah, and then the next day you're just like, whoa, this doesn't even make sense. Right. Yeah. But you had an amazing time. Yeah, that's all that matters. Right. Um, after years of being part of a couple, it can be upsetting to be alone. Many people find it helps to do things every day, whether you are still working or retired, write down your weekly plans. Okay, getting your legal and financial paperwork in order. Mm. When you feel stronger, you should think about getting your legal and financial affairs in order. For example, you might need to write a new will Mm. and update your advanced care planning. Mm -hmm. Look into a durable power of attorney for legal matters and health care in case you are unable to make your own medical decisions in the future. Put joint property such as a house or car in your name. Check on changes you might need to make your health insurance as well as to your life car and homeowner's insurance. Okay. Um, Now we're going to talk about dating post-death. Ooh. Because I know that's what you're interested in, Christy. Me? Oh. I mean, I've already, you know what, I've already set up all of my dating profiles. Oh, that's good. You know, just as like uh, Hot Widow 26. Not to indicate my age, there right. was already twenty five other hot widows. Yeah, um, on are, all all of the accounts, just because I'm waiting. Are you going to keep the picture that you have up now, no matter when this happens? Like, even if you're sixty five, you're going to keep the same picture you have now. Well, right now the picture is of me as Rhoda because I updated. Oh, this I, morning it's constantly updated. Oh, to be ready, just in case any day he any dies, day, you're going to just start. You know, I've noticed my husband he. He he's he's a little bit like Garen in the way that he treats his body. Okay, not well. <laughs> like the opposite of a temple. Uh-huh. And so I figure he could just drop at any moment. Okay. And if you know anything about me, you know love men. Yeah. <laughs> and can't wait to get into another long-term commitment. There you go. Well, maybe you'll go back to ladies. Who knows? Anything could happen. Yeah, anything could happen. I could in my perfect world, just wear all purple, have a bunch of cats, and live in a cottage. That's all I'm thinking. That sounds amazing. I mean, I think this is this is this is already the look I think I want to be. But just more scarves, more scarves. You already have one around your head, but you could get one around your waist, one around your neck. Yes, you could wear one. Di- Sometimes Rhoda just wore a weird diagonal scarf from uh, shoulder to hip. It yeah. was not a good look. Um, I'm all about embracing not good looks. You should, um, you know, I've, I've still yet to get rid of any of my mom's clothes, but the ladies loved purple. So right. maybe you can come over and just take all the purple stuff because I ain't wearing it. I'll take it. And uh, yeah, I just want a lot of um, uh, sun catchers and <laughs> just give me the fucking, yeah, lady weird. I want to be that weird lady on your street. Maybe macrame, some plant holders. Oh, are you? Uh, I'm making them. Yes. Yeah. I'm making my own macrame plant holders. Yeah. This sounds great. I think you've got it planned. Okay. Well, in case you're not like Christine and you want to date after your spouse has died, 
Here we go. Sometimes it seems as if the darkness will be perpetual, but one day you wake up and think to yourself, I don't want to live like this alone. I don't want to live this life alone. Perhaps the idea of dating again has found a spark. When you felt the little spark or even just the inklings of the spark, what are the best ways to get back in the saddle? Here is some advice. One, know when you're ready. Does the thought of being on a date excite you or repulse you? Have you proceed, processed your grief enough to be able to enjoy another's company that could turn into romance? There is no right or wrong about when you'll be ready. I beg to differ. Yeah. Many people are ready months after the death of their partner. Yikes. And for others, it takes years. The most important thing is that you have this conversation with yourself and aren't trying to satisfy someone else's idea, like Danielle and Christine's, mm -hmm. of when you're ready or not. This decision should come from within, and it's uh, subject to change if you find that you aren't ready just yet. It's also subject to change if you find a really a hot uh, guy. Yeah, who's like, I want to take you out. Yeah. Imagine, though, Danielle, for a second. Yeah. Imagine having to go on a date. No, it's it's repulsive. Like the idea is revolting. I I can't imagine. <laughs> I mean, in my early thirties, uh -huh. when I did online dating, I was in my early thirties. I was a fucking baby. Right. I remember a guy saying to me, "You're aging so well." Oh God. Oh God. Okay. Wait. I remember another guy saying to me. I'm so glad you don't wear a lot of makeup, <laughs> like a lot of women your age. <laughs> Can you fucking imagine what it could be like out there? This is in L.A., okay, where it is really fucking bad to online date. Being, I don't know, 60, 70, and trying to go out with these dudes who, when I was 32... Every one of them was like, my last girlfriend was a model. Like, <laughs> they all think they should date models. Right. And they're all real average. <sighs> like, real, like, I would be like, oh, God. Well, maybe in this scenario when you're wearing all purple and living in a cottage. Yeah. You just, you're, you're like in Maine or something. Yeah, I'm not in L.A. And you have, um, maybe you do like a misery and you like kidnap some dude and he's just your life partner. You've kidnapped him and you guys like play Scrabble and stuff, but he can't leave on threat of death. I'm just, I'm just putting in other scenarios. I mean, I just, I enjoy the, I enjoy the main part and <laughs> maybe the torturing, okay. but you know, <laughs> I like Scrabble. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Know that it's okay to compare. Human beings compare everything. It's in our nature. You will compare new people to your old love, and that doesn't mean anything bad. It also doesn't mean that a new person won't measure up. Um, in the beginning, you might compare them to your lost partner. Don't hold yourself to unreasonable standards and know that comparisons are more than okay. They're part of our DNA. Be open to new packages. Whoa. 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 They might Whoa. nut all over Whoa. you. Mom, what does new packages mean? <laughs> Mom, what does a bulge in a pants mean? Um what is is are you happy to is that a gun in your pocket or are you just happy to see me? That's my impression of your kids. It's not very flattering. <laughs> That's really just rude of me. Okay. Uh, love usually comes in unexpected packages. Be open to people who are both similar to and different from your partner. Know that new love is possible and happens often, even when you think it can't be, ever be as good. 
Your best bet is to know that this new person will probably look sound and be different. And that's more than okay. Unless, of course, it's the ghost of your husband. Or what about this? Listen to this. Yeah. You get their DNA and like Barbara Streisand had her dog cloned. That's right. You have them cloned. Do you think Barbara Streisand is also going to have James Brolin cloned? Good question. I mean, why he's not? handsome. He's very handsome. Right? And like, yeah. why would she want to go out and date again? No. But he's younger than she is, isn't he? I don't know. I don't know either. I have no idea. I don't know. I mean, I think she might. I think she might. She might have him cloned. Or maybe. And then have a younger him. <gasps> but wait, she- you have to wait. Oh, no, because then you have to wait for them to be a baby. Oh, oh no! Then, then you're raising your husband, husband, who's like you're a baby. No, she's got to figure out. Listen, if anyone can do it, it's Barbara Streisand. Yeah. Oh, if she and that mall listen, of hers. If she combines forces with Dolly Parton, yeah, they could figure out how to clone James Brolin as a man clone. No, I think. Why Dolly Parton? You know, because she didn't she put uh, the money into clone a pig or something oh no they just named it after her but she oh no the sheep dolly yeah but dolly puts a lot of money in she she, she gave all, the vaccine she put all that money in the vaccine you know she's giving books to all the kids and i don't think barbara needs money no but i mean this is big this is i mean cloning a, an a adult whole person human, into an adult i think you got to get some of dolly's money in there and okay. maybe you know taylor's a billionaire now the three of them oh, together for sure they could do it they could do it so they just need to get rid of like sephora or or um, uh, oh, what's the old lady store? The clothing. And Taylor. Uh, no. Chico's. Chico's. The Chico's in the bottom of um, of her mall. Of Barbara's mall. Is there a Chico's down there? No, but you know how she has her whole. Yes, I know about the yeah, mall. So, uh, it's, yeah, so I, I, I think I about like it. To, like I just once like a week. to think that she also has like a Wetzel's pretzels <laughs> and an Orange Julius. Do you think li- dots? Do you think like just like the Americana, she's trading out some of those lower end yes. stores for higher end? She's like, yeah. well, the Wetzel's has got to go for a Tiffany and Co. Yeah, and she's constantly foreclosing on, or I don't know if that's the right word. She's constantly like kicking Shuttering. out old tenants who are herself, of course. For other properties, oh like there have God. been, there's been a GameStop that <laughs> that's gone, co- but but it keeps coming back and then it's gone again. It's a mathnasium now. Yeah, it's, it's a mathnasium. <laughs> <laughs> she's yeah. drenched, she's gentrifying so in her own basement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's um, there's an Ann Taylor loft, not an Ann Taylor, an Ann Taylor loft. There's Baby Gap, and um. And regular gap, but no kids gap. Mm-mm. So you're screwed. Uh, there's yeah. G- there's crew cuts, but no J crew. Oh, what's crew cuts for the kids? Is that a real thing? Oh yeah. Oh, we okay. would go in and look at the clearance once in a while for the kids, oh. but never ever buy anything full price. No, what are we? I don't buy full price anywhere. Listen to me. Do you Nine vitamins? <laughs> what is me? What is what am I today with? Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen I don't to know. me. It's kind of aggressive. I don't you're, you're channeling Rhoda. I don't care for it. Yeah, you know what? I think it's the headscarf. Yeah, it I think be. it is. Listen to me. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Again. Um, do you think that anyone has ever had a normal conversation with Barbara Streisand in the last 60 years? I mean, I maybe her husband, maybe James Broland. Not Josh. Josh hasn't ever. No. no. Every time he leaves her house. Is he still married to Diane Lane? I don't. I think Didn't he rough her up or something? I don't want to say that because I don't know if that's true. Um, 
I don't know. I, I, I think they're divorced. Imagine Josh Brolin with whoever he's married to leaving their house, leaving dinner. Because they go for yeah. like a dinner. You have to be there. Like once you a month. better fucking be on time. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you are not late to Babs. Right. And the conversation in the car. Yeah. Leaving that dinner. Oh, God, to be a fly in that car. First of all, I know that if I walked in that house... I would immediately start start sneezing because I bet you it's full of fucking flowers and her perfume and the dogs. And, and well, you're not do- allergic to dogs. Uh, but- no, but just the scents. And I bet you like oh. she has scented candles at dinner, which you're not supposed to do, of course. I bet you like. I just feel like it's overly perfumed. I bet in that she place. loves the smell of rose. She loves the smell of rose, and she also likes rose in baking, and that is unacceptable. Mm, yeah, I can't. Mm-mm. No, thank you. Okay, I like Barber Talk. Yes. But let's get back to this. Be we can op- have a Barb se- segment on, yeah. every, on every episode. Be open to people who are older and younger. Did a man write that? It says... <laughs> <laughs> Meaning, I'm older, you're younger? Yes. <laughs> as age is often just a number. Mm-hmm. As long as you feel at ease and safe with this person and attracted to them, you'll be in good shape. I don't know if I could date... Trying to think if I could date someone younger. I guess I could. I guess I could date someone younger. It would be weird. Okay. Are you ready for a story yes, by give- Katie Hawkins Gar? Oh, Katie Hawkins Gar? Mm-hmm. Love her work. <laughs> okay. The, it's called My Husband Died Four Men- Four Months Later I Started Dating Again. Good up good on you, Katie, oh, I guess. You look just like my dead husband. The first message I ever sent on a dating app offered a pretty good indication of how unprepared I was to re-enter the dating world. I'll say. To my credit, um, to my credit, the message was honest. To my match's credit, he handled it well. LOL, I don't know how to respond to that, he wrote, adding both a smiling and frowning emoji for good measure. On a lighter note, he added, how are you? It was a good question. I was just four months out from my husband's sudden and unexpected death. Jamie collapsed and died while running a half marathon. Hmm. Half marathon. Not a full marathon. Jamie. Half marathon. Dude. He's not in good health. He must have had a bad heart. He was less than a mile from the finish line Aww. while I was <laughs> when I was where I was waiting for him. Aww. If I answered honestly, and also, you know, I've I've gone to, to watch Jimmy come across the finish line at yeah. marathons. It's a fucking pain in the ass to get there, to find parking, <laughs> to find the finish line. Then you get there and you're like, what the fuck is keeping this guy? He died. Oh, he better have died. And then he did. And then he did. Yeah. You're like, okay. Uh, if I answered honestly, I would have said I was heartbroken, devastated, and lost. I was desperate for a way to escape my pain and I'd convinced myself that dating was the answer. Jamie and I met in college. We, ca- we became fast friends. And after lots of persistence on his part, I eventually agreed to date him. It was the best decision I could have made. We got married at 23, adopted a dog, moved to new houses and states, and supported each other as we pursued various goals and dreams. I imagined us growing old together, not me becoming a widow at 31. Oh my gosh, that's so So that's kind of why you're like, okay, I get it that she, you know. She lost her bestie. Yeah. Online dating offered the allure of a respite from grieving. Each light and flirtatious conversation was a fleeting attempt to numb all the dark and difficult emotions that haunted me. But I couldn't hide from my pain for long. I'd smile my way through a date at night, only to spend the following day crying about how hopeless everything seemed. Sometimes I'd cry with friends who tried their best to support me, even if they weren't entirely sure how to do that. More often than not, I cried alone. Mm. Things didn't work out with my dead husband's doppelganger. Nor did they uh, last with the guy who got squeamish every time I brought up death. I tried seeing, 
Oh, this is... I tried seeing a Jamie who pronounced his name the same way mine Jamie did. Is there a different way? Jaime? Jaime? I mean, I I thought maybe... Okay, so I read this twice and I was like, well, surely she she should have said in parentheses what the pronunciation was if it wasn't just Jamie. I don't know that there's any other way. There's Jaime. But that's usually spelled... Is it a... Isn't isn't that usually spelled J-A-I... M E with like an accent on it. Anyway? I don't know. It was just it's weird. J A M I E. No, I did. Basically, she's like, "Whoa, you you have the same name as." I don't know. Okay, <laughs> that was weird too. No, it really wasn't. Jamie's a very common name. I went on dates with a lawyer, a sculptor, and an adjunct professor. Mm. I even tried a long distance romance with a widower whose wife had died just a month before Jamie did. He killed her. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Of it. Yeah. On that the- had promise, but there was ultimately too much sadness between the two of us in a trial. Yes. Yeah. God, she really loved, arraignment. She left the interesting stuff out. The truth is that I wasn't that emotionally invested in whether or not those relationships worked out. I was too heartbroken for that. I told myself that none of these men could compare to Jamie or Jaime or Jaime or Jamie, that I'd never be as happy as I once was. All of this, of course, was unfair to my companions, I can, except for the murderer. Mm-hmm. I consider dating a distraction from the present, not a promise for the future. Then I met Billy. Billy. Billy, don't you lose that. Nah, that's not right. Billy and I met at a talk I gave about, wait for it, losing Jamie. Ah, it's a great way to pick up women. Oof. Now listen to this. He was performing music at the same event. So what the fuck is this event? <laughs> talk about your dead spouse and hear some guitar rock. Yeah. I don't know. It just seems depressing. And we connected online afterward as friends. Uh, I was a few weeks away from the one-year anniversary of Jamie's death, and Billy, unbeknownst to both of us, was a few mi- few months away from divorce. Yeah, because he met her. Yeah, this Kismet. is there's a lot Kismet of or yeah, dark undertones <laughs> yeah, I know. to this story. As we worked through our individual losses, we would share bits and pieces of our pain online. We commented on each other's Instagram stories, noting how much we appreciated someone else being vulnerable instead of posting only the surface-level feel-good things that tend to populate social media. Eventually, we decided to meet for coffee. The coffee date led to a long... Is Billy divorce chat? Well, he was a few months away when Mm. they met, Mm. so I guess. Okay. The coffee date led to a long walk, (laughs) which led to a second date, which led to a third date, which led to our first kiss. We took things slow and frequently checked in to make sure we both felt comfortable. And he was divorced. And he was... And the the ink And the papers were finalized. As our relationship progressed, we were forced to face a difficult truth. Opening our hearts to someone new meant opening ourselves to the possibility of loss all over again. Billy and I have been partners for more than a year now. We live together in the house that Jamie and I once lived in. What? That doesn't sound good, right? That I I was trying to picture it when I yeah. read that. I was like, uh-uh, I don't like it. I don't like it. Well... Let's just see, is Billy a runner? That's my question. <laughs> I mean, the real awkward part is the mural that says the house that Jamie lived in. Yes. That she yes. Bed. That, I mean, maybe it makes him a little right. uncomfortable. Especially because she has to ex- ex- explain how to <laughs> Jamie is. <laughs> just in parentheses next to the name. Phonetically, with like you have to upside push down e, <laughs> and it tells you the pronunciation. It says it. <laughs> um, uh, and we're learning endless lessons about what it means to love someone who has, who has deeply loved someone else. Although Billy's grief is different from mine, because he wanted out, he has a marriage to mourn too. Like me, he has to contend with a past that was once full of promise and a future that will never be. 
dating as a widow isn't easy. It's like I'm in a relationship with two men at once. My de- which sounds like a sitcom. Mm-hmm. My dead husband. Yes. And my thankfully alive boyfriend. Oh, I love that concept. I think this was a movie, right? There's some movie where... The uh, husband's like, yeah, a ghost? Yeah, dead again. Not dead again. Um, yeah, yeah, like the husband's a ghost. Is it Topper? It's not Topper. Uh, I do love Topper. That's... No. Sometimes it feels as if I'm not able to love them the right way. I'm either not properly honoring the past or not fully living in the present. Mm. Sometimes, though, I relax and everything falls into place. I remember what it's like to love and to be loved, to be supportive and feel supported, and to care deeply for someone else, and to be wrapped in a caring and caring and kindness in return. I've worried a lot about how people would respond to my relationship, but I've been buoyed by the encouragement I've received. I never knew how I would feel when you dated again, but I'm happy for you, Jamie's mom wrote me after I told her about Billy. Hmm. Jamie loved you so much. He would want you to be happy again, and he... And we want you to be happy again, which is extremely sweet and yeah. lovely of that mother-in-law. Yeah. When I'm in the throes of missing Jamie, I try to find myself, I try to remind myself that my pain is a reflection of how much I loved him. And when I am swept away by my love for Billy, I think about the sobering fact that I may one day lose and grieve him too. Hmm. Mm. It's all part of the agreement we make when we fall in love. People grieve deeply because they love deeply. There have been plenty of moments when I felt incredibly unlucky to have married and loved a wonderful man who would die so young. Lately, though, I feel incredibly lucky that I get the chance to do it all again. What a lovely story. It was pretty lovely, actually. I mean, we, you know, we were kind of hard on her. Yeah, well, we're just trying to find the silliness. We're just assholes. But yeah, she's a nice lady. And I mean, I'm happy 31. For her. Yeah. You know, a lot of people don't get married the first time. Before 31 so no honestly you know it's good for her that that happened you're not supposed to be with somebody that young. <laughs> it's good for her <laughs> yeah. that he died yeah in a way yeah I you mean know. that's too young to, to to put your saddle on that horse well, for the rest hitch, hitch your hitch your hitch I don't know your saddle to what's the expression post hitch, hitch your saddle you don't hitch, hitch a saddle hitch your horse hitch your horse to, your horse that, to that saddle but you don't hitch a saddle. Oh, my God. You place a saddle, no? Hitch your wagon to that. Yes. Hitch your hitch wagon. Hitch your wagon to that horse. For, for, horse for, to that wagon. Hitch your horse to that ragu- wagon. wagon at 23. Yeah. That's too young to make a decision to spend to do the rest of your life with someone. Yeah. So God made it for your, her. <laughs> your brain isn't even done growing yet. Yeah. God was like, no, uh, not boing. him. Billy. Half, half marathon my ass. Yeah. I'm All right. him out. Um... <laughs> <laughs> We're, we're, you know what? I think I might be a terrible person. No, you're just trying to make an entertaining podcast. That's am all. I? Or am I just being really a jerk? No, I don't think so. Everybody, mm-hmm. let's take a poll. Okay, let's put that up on the, uh, on one of our whatever. I'll put it up on one of our whatevers. <laughs> and we'll be right back. <laughs> oh my God. Welcome back to How to Survive, Danielle. Christine. This is so weird because uh, I wasn't expecting our guest to come in costume. Yeah. and who As Mary ask? Tyler Moore. Yeah, I know. It's so weird. Um, Christine's Rhoda and Rhoda. our guest is dressed up as Mary Tyler Moore. It was no really one else dressed up. Um, so this is nice. Yeah, it's appreciative. I do appreciate it. Um, I'm kind of dressed up. I just you- threw a hat. I mean, that was <laughs> yeah. really what it was. Right. And then we freeze And by the way, I... Turned the world on with this month. You did. You really did. So that's really all you need to do. It's sort of a. It's a. It's a virtual costume. In the first half of the show, we talked about how to survive losing your spouse. Laugh riot. Ha ha. And now we're going to talk well, about how. Get ready. Woohoo! 
how to uh, survive losing a parent with uh, John Hamm. Heard of him much? Uh, I have Here's... since I was born. Right. Uh, <laughs> did you ever go by Jonathan? I did. In Johnny? fact, uh, uh, rarely a Johnny, but uh, but a Jonathan. My family still calls me Jonathan. So my mm-hmm. direct family. Um, it's it's weird when they don't call me Jonathan. I don't know if anybody has that experience, but like if you have a diminutive of right. your name, it's mm-hmm. like and and it. And it really only I, I my mother who will be, who will be uh, getting into later um, was adamant that I be called Jonathan. Yeah. Um, so in my whole grade school growing up and in learning how to write, also an eight letter first name was yes. a bummer. Yeah. Because it was I mean you know when you're little and your hand like uh-huh. hurts from yes. writing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you're like wait I'm still writing my first. I yeah. Can't go still going. It's <laughs> twelve letters all in and first. this is rough guys. But. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so she was she was adamant that I would, I would I was to be called Jonathan, not John. And then when she passed away, and I um, sort of set out on my own, and, and I ended up changing schools and this and that. I think mm-hmm. part of that was like I just want to be John Ham. John Ham sounded better for whatever reason for my childhood name, and I found it much easier to write. I do have to feel like I have to disclose something to you, John, which is that. And we did not know this when we came in. We just found this out in the break. There's a guy who works. You've probably heard about him before when you've been on uh, Never Not Funny. But there's a guy who works in this building who is dressed as you today for Halloween. Oh, he I, did not know. He still doesn't know you're here. So it's not like. He a, didn't know you were coming. It's weird. I forgot it was Halloween. Not, well, apparently. Well, well, except for the Mary <laughs> Tyler Moore thing. Yeah. Except for the hat set up, up in the air. Indeed. <laughs> um, a, a like funky poncho. You know, yes. I feel like that was to, 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 not to. Well, I, I first of all, I'd love to meet this guy, and I wonder. Well, maybe I, we'll bring him. I, I would imagine he's not dressed as me. He's probably dressed as Don Drew. No, no, just no. Me. he's dressed apparently. Right, you he's saw him. He's dressed as you, as on an appearance of Never Not Funny. <laughs> <laughs> he's Wait, got like the a picture printed out. Uh, wow. Okay. Pictures. Well, that's well. That, I, you, if that's your costume, you're going to need that picture. <laughs> I know, right? See, this is me. This is what I'm Wait doing. This is the picture. joke that I'm doing. Yeah, it's. That is we, all right. We may have to now I really I, now I really want to see this, yeah. this outfit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he told us. I was like, "Well, did you tell him he's coming?" He's like, "No." Should no, we I pat him down him. to make sure he's not carrying a weapon <laughs> first? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So we. I just thought you had to know that. Well, that's wow. Amusing. Yeah, that is that is uh, specific to say the least. And but I'm I'm flattered. Yeah, you should be. I think so. I think I should be flattered. Yeah, I think flattery is the right feeling. Yeah. Not to tell you how to feel. Feel how you want. I'm, no, I think I feel flattered. I think I do. Why Why wouldn't I? Yeah. I mean, no, I've no. come all this way. Why yeah. do I feel flattered? Right. Yes. Okay. So we first of all, I have to ask you something, because you're from St. Louis, yes? Yes. Born and raised. Okay. So we should get into your story. Yeah, Speaking of should. childhood. Speaking of childhood. So it's a perfect segue. Gosh, you're good at this. Aren't I? Um, because <laughs> the reason John, I- I have nothing else. I think you have plenty. Um. The reason I ended up going to this school, which is called John Burroughs School in St. Louis, Missouri, um, is because it was sort of my mom's dying wish. Uh. So my mother had gotten divorced from my dad when I was like two, which was a very rare thing in highly Catholic St. Louis with my highly Catholic mother um, uh, in the 70s, Uh early 70s, in fact. Um, So this would have been around 73. Okay. Uh, picture Watergate. 
Uh, Roe v. Wade just passed. So many things. Remember it well. A fertile time in American history. But in a little town called St. Louis, uh, uh, Dan and Debbie Ham got divorced. And that, I, and, and in fact, I didn't, I didn't meet another kid in my social circles who had divorced parents until I was probably in ninth or tenth grade. Oh wow! Oh, okay. Wow. So it took, it was, it was just not a yeah. thing. Yes. It was a thing in the culture. Yeah. See also. Do you think Rhoda. that was the Catholic right. thing? Oh, for sure. Because I was like, same time period. My parents were divorced when I was very young, but lots of kids had divorced parents. So maybe it was. And where just, did you grow up? Small town in Ohio. Okay. Well, yeah, I don't know. It was uh, For me, it was just like, I guess, St. Louis is highly Catholic. I think it might be um, that. And for sure, yeah. it was um, in the culture. You mm-hmm, know, there mm-hmm. were sitcoms and Alice and mm-hmm. Rhoda and all of these things, all of which my mom loved. Right. Um, one She's day like, at a time. She got it. She got the idea. She's like, I'm, I'm leaving. <laughs> she, well, I mean, you know, representation yeah. matters, I guess, is what you could say. <laughs> um, so, um, so my mother had, uh, in her sort of divorced group of friends um and my my aunt her younger sister had moved to st louis from the small town that they grew up in called st genevieve and they had this kind of fun little group of 20 somethings and my mom was the only one with a kid uh-huh. so i was sort of brought on with this and hanging out with these groups mm-hmm. and listening to you know cool music and and uh you know which at that time would have been like the doobie brothers and like absolutely you know, carol king a lot of carol king Oof. um <laughs> Uh, so, uh, there was this one, uh, guy who was, a, a, f- a, f- a the cousin of my aunt's best friend, okay. who was still my aunt's best friend. And he is still her cousin who had gone to this school. And, and my mom was so impressed with this, this guy. He was, he was worldly and smart and he knew about art and music and opera and all of these things. And she was like, my mother from St. Genevieve, Missouri population, like at that point, like. 800 uh-huh. was like who are you you're uh-huh. like a crazy unicorn that knows all of these things and uh he said well i went to the school and they, 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 they you were encouraged to to learn about a lot of these things and he said well where was this school and he said john burr school and he said well that's where my son's gonna go wow now that's this was i was probably five uh-huh. i was not remotely close to going to the school mm-hmm. um but the seed was planted in her mind and then it was sort of transferred to, to and she would talk about it like you you know school's very important and uh-huh. want you to be someone who is curious about education and experience and as a single mom she was very much putting me into whether it was cub scouts or you mm-hmm. know activities mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. only because th- those were awesome and they that you could learn and, and experience things, mm-hmm. but it was like she had to work. So right, it was like, she had to you put you need somewhere. To go yeah, exactly. To class after school uh-huh. and things what like that. What was her education? Had she been high school? She okay. went to high school and then secretary school. She was a secretary. Okay. Um, and so um, that was that was kind of our little two person existence for uh, the first ten years of my life. Did you see your dad? Every other weekend, okay. yeah. So it was one of those kind yeah. of, yeah, like a, a classic divorced mm-hmm. situation. Um, and 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 they were civil. There was not a. Okay, there good. was not a, a. You know, although I would come to learn in in as I grew up uh, that you know my dad wasn't maybe the best husband. Uh-huh. Uh, there was a reason for the divorce. Right. It wasn't that they flipped a coin and were like, let's split up. Uh, but. You know, I was a kid when all of that went down. It wasn't like that was shared with me. I think that's good. Yeah, probably. I, I yes, think... I think there's a there's there's a time and a place. And for yeah. me, it was when I was in my 
mid twenties and had adult conversations. Oh with wow! Of okay, my family. Right. Um, and so uh, uh, my my mother um, uh, kind of raised me until I was pretty much ten years old, and then she died. Uh, wow. And she died uh, very suddenly. Um, she had uh, 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 what was diagnosed as uh, colon cancer. Oh my god! That then metastasized throughout pretty much all of her internal organs, and it was it was a no win situation. That's so um, young. Thirty five. Thirty five years old. Oh my god! Um, and kind of complained about a stomach ache at the beginning of the mm. summer and by the end of the summer was dead. Oh my gosh. Wow. So it was obviously devastating yeah, to a 10-year-old boy. And, and She was your whole world. Pretty much. And the, you know, Patton talks about when he lost his, his wife mm-hmm. suddenly like that. It's, it's like a blast crater. It's just this... It's this void mm-hmm. um, that is cannot be filled because it's the the ground is melted and you you just have to kind of deal. Um, and so talk talking about how to survive something like that uh-huh. is, is one thing. Uh, and then and then the second I think part of the of the experience is how to actually get past it and, and thrive. Mm-hmm. Surviving it is is. You just put one foot in front of the other right. and you keep going. Right. And in fact, uh, in the seventy, well, the early 80s at this point, uh, when my mother passed away, and again, this is the first time I'd seen like my dad lose it crying, oh. my grandparents gone, all of, you know, the, the, I mean, just emotionally right. bereft. Yeah. My aunts, all the adults in my life are completely emotionally right. raw. And yeah. I'm like, holy shit, this is like, what's happening? <sighs> And it's not a time period where you're seeing a lot of emotion. I mean, I can't speak for your family, but it wasn't like a huge emotional outpouring. You were not encouraged to share of time. a lot. Yeah. Right. Um, so to see your dad cry is a big deal. And you really don't have, as a 10-year-old, or, or, or even as a participant in this, you don't really have any place to put it. So you mm-hmm. don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And there's not a dedicated mental health professional right. there to help you through it. There's in in my world there was uh, the Catholic priest, not oh, exactly the best person to go no. to for this. Mm. Um, did, did he try to help you? Uh, no, because I also was like my mother was very Catholic, and I went to all the Catholic schools and did all the stuff. But I never got Wasn't it. Your bag, yeah. I just never got it. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't get this. Mm-hmm. This is not helpful to me. Mm-hmm. I don't. I'm not. It's not resonating in my world. I would rather do literally anything else on a <laughs> Sunday than go to church. <laughs> right. And so after my mom died, my dad was like, well, I guess we got to go to church, right? And I was like, do we, though? Because yeah, this, right. well, there's there's football on, yeah. and it's, like, cold, yeah. and we could probably yeah. just stay home and, like, light a fire and eat, uh, you know, sandwiches. Yeah. Um, so you, you moved in with him. So I moved in with my dad okay. after my mom. But the, and was he remarried or anything? He was not remarried. Okay. He was sort of uh, terminally single. And um, and so it was that that process was, was sort of um, a really just uh uh looking wherever you could for for a foothold in 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 any kind of uh routine or 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 helpful um reality of any sense Uh because there was no guidebook in fact there was a guidebook i was given a book from the uh woman at the hospital 
that literally was called What to Do When a Parent Dies. Jesus mm. Christ. And it was a very thin <laughs> yeah. no, uh, book. And it had sort of a somber picture and yeah. a sepia tone on the cover. Like I can very much kid. remember this this uh, book, which I dutifully read. Uh-huh. And it was uh, not helpful. I mean, there's there's no... I'm sure that book was written with all of the best intentions. Right. But unless there's somebody kind of working it with you, right. it's really not that helpful. No. Is it like, keep up your hygiene? I, you know, I don't, I honestly don't remember what <laughs> it even said. Yeah. Other than, you know, like, obviously this is a hard time, you know, and yeah. it's like, yeah, these are things I, I get all that. Right. Um, but sort of, so what ends up happening is you, you kind of, um, at least what ended up happening for me, because I was so young, and that was my first experience with any kind of idea of permanence or death mm-hmm. or anything like that. And it was such someone that was so close yeah, to Yeah, it's me, like the worst thing that could happen. Is is that you kind of just go into survival mode. So you go, okay, these are the these are the things that I have to accomplish. And for me, what what I really uh, glommed onto was the structure of school mm-hmm. and friendship. And my the school that I ended up going to this this right. uh, school from seventh through twelfth grade was a highly structured environment. Mm. I got there at eight o'clock in the morning. I didn't usually didn't leave until around five or six. Oh wow! So it was a long day because you had school f- till three, and then after school mm-hmm. stuff, which was athletics or theater or whatever it was. Right, you did clubs, baseball, right? I had baseball, football, swimming, oh. theater. I did as I oh, signed holy up for shit. everything. Just did everything. Keep busy. Um, to keep busy, really. Yeah. Um. But so the the problem with that is, and, and it's it's gr- it's a great survival mechanism. Mm-hmm. But the problem is that you're not really accessing the emotional truth of the fact that this person is no longer there. Right. And so that is a wound or a uh, trauma or however you want to describe it that doesn't uh, get. Uh, unwound uh-huh. for some time and then for me it's we're still dealing with it right yeah um and you and you kind of manage it however you you manage it really mm-hmm. and, and 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 so you seek out or at least i sought out uh any kind of structure that your, your parents would uh, and the, the coda to this story is that my father died when i was 20 so i Jesus. i finished my my uh school uh graduated and then went off to college in my first year of college my my dad died um, so that was, you know, kind of the second blow oh of God. like now what? Now I'm sort of really bereft, right? Yeah. Um, and but but here's the great thing about all of this, and it's 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 really the kind of if I can impart anything to anybody listening that um, goes through something like this, yeah. it's that um, there people in your life appear, and they will uh, sort of uh, answer the call. And for me, I had uh, three families that are still very present in my life. Um, they were all at my wedding, you know, like, uh-huh. uh, the, like um, that kind of stepped up in a real parental way that obviously it wasn't like I wasn't adopted by right. them or any, any sort of uh, uh, official capacity. But there was a real uh, sense of this is a kid who's a kid yeah. still and needs um, something. Support. Needs guidance, support, yeah. help, mm-hmm. and 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 the real uh, lesson, if it's if there is one, is and and I I accomplish this sort of unconsciously, really, mm-hmm. is is to accept that, mm-hmm. 
and not be, oh, I'm fine, I can handle it. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm an island, I can deal with it. Because that just reinforces that knot of of um, protective kind of tissue that, that's surrounding that, that real trauma. My aunt just sent me a couple months ago a box of stuff that she had kept for my mom that I have. I get these every now and again, these sort of keepsakes that people dig up from, you know, when they're cleaning out a room. Uh-huh. Like, I, I saved this for you and I meant to send it. Uh-huh. It was this box. I remember the box. I, have, I always have sense memory of all of these things. Uh-huh. Oh my God, I remember that. I knew exactly where that was. But um, inside of it was uh, my mom had uh, sewn me, created this thing out of, literally out of whole cloth, uh-huh. um, a, 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 a costume for my, my first grade play. Uh, which was uh, Winnie the Pooh. Oh. So I, I had a little hood with ears oh, on it and little yeah. mittens that were yellow. Yeah. Whatever, oh and my a little God. shirt, so red cute. shirt on top yeah. of it. Um, so she sewed me this costume and the costume was in this box. Oh my like, God. Oh, no, I can't believe it. The, the, the hood and the gloves, the rest of it is lost to history. Um, I forgot what you were asking. Well, I was just asking how well you you can oh, remember right. when you only have had 10 years with your mom, how much you can remember. Not much is yeah. really the thing. And, 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 um, and you think, well, oh, am I a bad person because I don't ha- remember this stuff? Right. And it's, you know, part of it is like, I'm 52 now. Uh-huh. Like it's, it's, it was a long time ago. Right. Yeah. But I still have very lucid, very clear memories. And, and I, I've also had, um, what I can only imagine are sort of deep subconscious sort of pulls from when I've had sort of inflection points in my life. Um, one of which was going to college mm-hmm. and one of which was moving to Los Angeles. Okay. Um, so like these kind of big things that I was clearly like wrestling with in my mind, I remember the night before each of those moments. So the night before I got in the van and drove to, to college with all my stuff, Uh huh. Um, and the night before I got in my own car Mm -hmm. that was packed with all my stuff and drove out to California, both of those nights, I, my, my mom came to me in a dream. Like I had a, like a wildly lucid, emotionally, uh, laden dream where it was a real conversation with, you know, with my mom. And she was like, you're going to be fine. This is what you need to do. Uh huh. All of that stuff, and I woke up completely emotional and like cry, yeah. sobbing, mm-hmm. just like mm-hmm. whoa, it was like so real. Um, and so that's always like the thing I take away with when I like don't remember or can't remember. Uh-huh. Like there are moments when I will have just these these visceral pulls from that time yeah. in my life. Um, and most recently, I got I got married. In, yeah, congratulations! Summer. Thank you. I, it was all me. Yeah, um, <laughs> you willed it. I willed it into existence. I forced her to. Get well, you married to you me. have one of those vision boards, right? You, <laughs> you cut her one. picture out. One. Put it on um, the vision board. Yeah. No. Pictures um, of cakes. I uh, and and uh, my aunt brought me. Uh, my my mom had this like, charm bracelet that she wore. And uh-huh. This was a, I know they're kind of refashionable now, but they're very tiny now. In the old days, they were like oh so chunky. They were big, yeah. chunky, kind of almost coins. They're weapons, were. and and it made a noise. Yep. And I, can, I remember everything about it, and I, I love my mom wore it every day, and uh, and it was just this big. And she was a she was a typist. I was like, does it get in the way? Like <laughs> right. this giant <laughs> thing. 
whatever. She also had long fingernails. Like she could, she could do it. Um, but she had one of the charms on it just uh, said uh, more, M-O-R-E. And it was in, it was in diamonds or fake diamonds or whatever, uh-huh. but it was spelled out. And then uh, on the back it said no one else, no one can, no one else can love you. Oh my God. More. Jesus Christ. John. And that was a song. It was mm-hmm. a big song. It was an Academy Award winning song. And, and, um, but that was for me. <sighs> and so my aunt gave me that at my wedding and I was like, oh, oh I wow. remember this, you know, yeah. like this. So, so that part of it is important also when you talk about how to survive or how to thrive when, when something as devastating as this happens. Right. Is that you, you, you maintain that memory mm-hmm. and that love and that, um, place and you and you 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 tend to it right um you don't shut it off and you don't ignore it which i did for the first you know 10 15 years after to just survive yeah i didn't want to think about my mom i didn't want to think about the loss i didn't want to all i wanted to do was get through the day all i wanted to do was get a's all i wanted to do was make all state football all Uh i wanted to do was achieve Mm -hmm. and had i had somebody that knew what was up mm-hmm. that was a third party coming in and observing this uh-huh. it would have been helpful obviously right but it would have been uh i think i wouldn't be dealing with what i'm dealing with in my life right over the last 15 20 years right which is you know a cavalcade of stuff that you that you displace and you and you uh um kind of use and medicate and whatever Uh whatever the stuff Mm -hmm. is um so it's the the advice is to sort of not not let that calcify right yeah but but keep it kind of loose and and a, a muscle that you can activate when you want to remember the place that person held in your life right um and that is i think the best advice is to just is is to keep the the ember tended and not let it you know right you know go out really which is not which is again not not holding a shrine and and, you know kind of doing that it's 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 more about remembering uh who who this person was to you and what they Mm -hmm. gave to you and what you can then give to the world and, and, and in their memory. Mm -hmm. And I do that with both my parents and who were wildly different human beings, like, and, and, and gave me wildly different, you know, kind of skill sets. And I had completely different experiences with over the course of my first 20 years of existence. Um, but I, 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 I hold both of them in, um, in, in deep reverence in, in, in my in my heart and my emotions because I understand that like that's that's what parents are you yeah. know in, yeah. the, in the best way I mean obviously some people don't have positive experiences with right. their parents but sure, but I sure. did even though they they left too soon did your dad also die suddenly my dad died uh no the opposite of suddenly. So he was very, very ill. He had diabetes and emphysema. So he kind of dwindled over mm. the course of the better part of like three years. He got, he started dialysis and that's, that's not something you kind of right. unstart. Right. It right, doesn't right. get better. Yeah. Um, 
and had lived a very unhealthy life for a long time. Uh Um, And so it caught up to him. And it's funny, I look at pictures of my dad who, 1933, 91, he would have been 58 when he died. Uh He did not look 58. He looks way older. Yeah. It was like one of those things that was like, whoa, that's a... That's a long, that's a, that's a lot of miles on uh-huh. that road. Right. Um, and, you know, part of it was the times that yeah. he grew up in yep. and what he did for a living. He was a, our family uh, ran a trucking industry, uh, trucking company. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he ran the trucking company until we sold it in the, in the eighties. And then he kind of was just worked random jobs here and mm-hmm. there. Um, and, and, and it was, and again, it was part of it was that he had a life that was, Devastated by two tremendous losses. Yeah. Both of his wives died. Jesus. Um, and, you know, there was no safety net. There was no, you know, in St. Louis in the in the 60s and early 70s, the solution was drink. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And f- suck it up. Yeah. Right. There was no go to a therapist and talk about your feelings especially as a man especially as a man and especially as a as a man in the industry that he was in it was like yeah you know suck it up deal with it so i'm okay so that sort of leads me to my next question which is i'm guessing he wasn't having heart to hearts with you after your mom died i you know he did his best Uh, yeah he didn't have the vocabulary he Mm -hmm. didn't have the capacity he didn't have the, the roadmap there was no you know he needed a book Right. As much as I needed right. a book, you know, and it was, that's the, that's the blast crater of it all is that it doesn't just affect those people that it immediately affects. It affects everybody in your circle, mm-hmm. you right. know, your, your friends and your, and your, uh, your, uh, you know, extended family mm-hmm. and how people treat you and everything. Oh, he's a, right. Oh, I don't want to say anything because I feel like I might say the wrong thing. And, and I've. I've learned over the course of my life now and I'm and and seeing friends also lose parents some very suddenly. Mm-hmm. Um I, I always say this to to my friends who, who go through this, I said there's never a good time. Right. There really isn't. Some are better than others. If your dad is ninety five and he lived right. a good long life and he and he went out on his own terms, that's better. Yeah. But it still sucks that you don't yeah. have your dad yeah. or your mom or fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. Um I had a, fr- a very good friend out here, adult, maybe 10, 15 years ago, whose, da- whose dad died suddenly. And his dad was a very huge presence in his life. Mm-hmm. And it was an accident, just an accidental oh. death. Mm-hmm. So it was one of those things where the phone rings and you go, yeah, what's up? What? Wow. Uh, and it, you know. That I can't imagine. Either. Same thing. Yeah. Blast crater. You go, fuck. Okay, well, there's no good way to do this. So, uh, but you, I now know that the the worst thing you can do is nothing mm-hmm. so you you right. you say i'm here you know uh, if you want to talk about it i'm happy to right uh you know you reach out and say something right because right. nothing you can if it's nothing you fill in the blank with right oh they don't want to talk to me or i'm yeah. you know it's too hard to to talk it's, it's too awkward i'm it's too awkward make them it's this that, yeah. Yeah. yeah all of the things that that go through your head that are usually not the case right i always just 
now having gone through what I've gone through and, and, and seeing friends and understanding what they go through. Mm-hmm. And I know you've suffered a tremendous yeah. loss about that. And it's like, there's, 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 you have to put yourself in the position of, of being helpful, even if, and, and let them, you know, let, let them know the door is open. Yeah. So I, that's I, the best way. Yeah. When my brother died, I was uh, very lucky. I had, you know, a lot of good friends. Christine was there when I found out because we were working together at the time. And, um, yeah, it's, um, I kept, I kept going to work and everyone was like, why are you, why are you here? And I'm like, cause I can't face my kid. Like I have a two year old and I can't go and look at him right now. So I'm just gonna keep there's working. No, there's no playbook. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's no rule book. There's no, there's no, nothing. You just, you kind of, part of that is exactly what I was saying too, right? You just, you, you crave the structure yes. of the day. Yep. Work. Right. Got to get done what's in front of you. And that's tremendously helpful. Absolutely. Um, but the but the second part of it is also you got to get, you have to address the other, right. the loss really, because, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm not trying to make this about uh, your brother or, or your experience either, but they are similar. And, yeah. and you, and you, if you don't address the loss, that's when it starts to calcify and, yeah. and then you can't, it takes a lot longer to go back in right. there and unravel and undo all of the the protective tissue right. that you've had kind of form over that thing. I'm, and I'm still doing it. I, I, I'm it's sure. A, it's a big, it's a big, uh, it's a big topic in yeah. my, uh, you know, when I go talk to my therapist, it's, it's really. I can only imagine. I mean, know. it seems like that is a lifetime job to undo that loss. Like no matter what. It can't, you know, right? it can In be. I don't, I don't want to describe it as like a sentence because it's really, mm-hmm. it's really not you. It's, it's a challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, but life's a challenge. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a difficult thing as as a th- in in theory right because you 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 hear about it happening and you go god i don't know what would i do and you mm-hmm. and nobody right. and you don't know until right. you until yeah. you are forced to go through yes. it yes um but when when you're forced to go through it you do find that people people appear yeah. in your life yeah. to help you and and your job is to accept accept that help and to say, okay, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not bigger than this problem. Mm -hmm. The problem is, is a, is a human problem. Right. It's not a John problem or a Daniel problem. It's a human problem. It's a difficult thing to manage. And so it's, um, so that, that help is required and, and yep. it's, it's, uh, it's not a sign of weakness in any sense of, of, of the word to say, man, I could, I could use a, I could use an ear or I could yeah, use a right. shoulder or yeah. I could use, you know, you know, anything yeah. uh, at, the, at this particular moment. It is to survive that and then to learn how to thrive again mm-hmm. after that, after that loss. Um, and then also I think there's something to it to, and I, I, think i mentioned this earlier but to really hold those people in in the in the place that they exist i'm sure you have i'm sure you have this with your brother Mm -hmm. where you you hold you know the memory of of him as something that empowers you yeah that that 
that you love. Mm-hmm. You and know. I still, like you were saying, I still dream about him. I think I dreamt about him last night. It's not often. Mm-hmm. It's been a long time. It's not often, but I do think I dreamt about him last night. And it is, sometimes it's, well, at the very beginning it was disturbing. Mm-hmm. The dreams were disturbing. Now it's like, oh, I got to visit with Andrew last night. Yeah. You know, it's kind yeah. of like. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I think about like, what would he think about what's going on? Or I don't know if you do that with your mom or, or your success. I mean, that, that must be that's heady. The, that's the one that I really, both my parents, I, I really I really wish I could uh, celebrate that with them. Yeah. Um, and again, I, what I, the placeholder for that or the, the replacement feeling of that is that I do have these other families that... Mm-hmm really have a uh, filial pride Mm -hmm. uh, with my success and what I've been able to do in my career. And uh, that gives me the the joy that I, obviously I can never have that with my parents because I can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they get to see that. But but some, you know, there's there's a connection to Mm -hmm. to that world. And every now and again, I'll get a note from, Maybe my aunt or, or or one of my I call them my surrogate moms, uh-huh. mm-hmm. but they'll just say, you know, your your dad would have been so proud of you, your mom would have been so proud of you, and uh. it's always like, okay, yeah, you're right. It's yeah. nice to hear that from a third yeah, party that's so who knew great. them and um, yeah. who knows you and has, yes. has known you for so long. Exactly, because I mean that's the stuff that it's like. I think that really matters. It's like when something good happens for you, it's the people you think of that it's their reactions that matter. Right. Like for me, it's like. My kids, yeah, it's like that's who I want to make proud. Yeah, exactly. You know, for, for now as an adult, when something good happens in my life, professionally, even I'm just like, I can't wait to tell my kids. You yeah. know, like totally. You you think of those people. The feedback is important. You know, yeah. I mean, it really is. None of us do anything in a in a vacuum. Right, you know, right. It's, it's not just about getting in front of an audience, mm-hmm. but it's yeah. it's if it's uh, life is lived uh, in a communal sense. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, none of us are structured to to live through this experience solo. Yeah. Um, and that's not to say that, you know, you have to be married or... No, or no, no, but you right, gotta... Right, right, In a relationship yeah. or anything, it's right. just that you, you do need to understand and engage with a community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's really, I think, I think that's what, if we're talking, you know, bringing, zooming out into the macro sense of what, where we are politically, culturally, in anything is that we've all become... We've lost the sense of a, a real sense of community. Yeah. And we've we've accepted the the silo that social media tends to is designed to keep us in. Yeah. So do you create your own community? I'm assuming you have lots of or or a good group of tight friends. I have a, a pretty good group out here and, and um Jimmy and, and this whole crowd is a mm-hmm. big part of that too. And and I um I find myself uh, being asked to sort of mentor kids that come out here a lot from either my high school or my college or theater program or whatever. It's mm-hmm. like, and I, and I always do it. I'm just like, I'll meet you for coffee. I'll tell you, I'll give you my five tips <laughs> on how to deal with LA. But like the first couple are always like, get a job and find a group of friends. Like yeah. get a community that you can plug into, whether it's your acting class or your Wait, waiting job, waiting, waiting right. tables yeah. job or, or, you know, Find a community, volunteer, mm-hmm. like understand that there is a, a lar- something larger than just you. And for me, that was like, I got out here, I got a job waiting tables. I volunteered at Project Angel Food. I just did stuff that 
got me out of the house. Right. Gave me some structure. Yep. And I could make a little money. And, and then I met people. Uh-huh. And so then you understand. And again, this was in the 90s. So it was before cell phones, or at least before I had a yeah. cell phone. I had a beeper mm. from a <laughs> J&J. <laughs> the beeper king. Um, <laughs> For auditions, you had a beeper, oh, yeah. yeah. Auditions that I did not get. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, you you have to establish, you have to break the macro into the manageable. So LA, when I first got here and I was given a Thomas guide, it was like, here's the map of the city. I was like, it's like yellow pages. Uh-huh. Are you kidding me? It's oh like, God. I could sit on this and, you know, that Thomas see guide. over the wheel uh-huh. now. It was so unwieldy and unmanageable. And then you kind of understand as you go through it, you're like, oh, I only really need three pages of this whole thing. Uh-huh. It's like the West Hollywood page, the Valley page, and kind of like the Santa Monica page. Once mm-hmm. you figure out San Vicente, you'll find. I'm still trying to figure it out. <laughs> but it's a funny thing. And so you go, oh, that's, that's a good lesson. Like break it down into chewable, yeah. kind of manageable mm-hmm. parts. And that's part of it too, is just is find, find a, a community. That you can, yeah. I mean, I think, I think you see it, whether it was UCB or, uh-huh. you know, I, I, I stumbled into that because the comedy world, because, and I never, I had never wanted to do stand up. I never was planned on doing stand up. I was not, I understood the skill set that, uh, stand ups needed and mm-hmm. I didn't, ha- I, I didn't have it and I didn't want to pursue it. Right. But I loved. Well, bless you. For not wanting to pursue right. something you knew you didn't and have. And I had, <laughs> trust me, I had plenty of friends that I was like, maybe there's something better that you can right. do with exactly. your time because this is not it. Right. And I will only go to <laughs> no more shows. Right. <laughs> I don't want to hear the word bringer again oh my in God. my life. One woman show. And I certainly went to my fair share of those and you know, whatever, like you, you support yeah. all this stuff. Yes. But, uh, but. But I just knew that that was not for me, but I really liked going. And right. so in going in the old days at Largo and mm-hmm. you would meet people. And, mm-hmm. and when I was going to Largo, it was like Sarah Silverman, you know, Doug Benson, Scott Ackerman, the Mr. Show gang, yep. Tenacious D, Zach, Zach Janine, mm-hmm. you know, and the, the, even getting back to like the Beth Lapidus uncabaret mm-hmm. days of like seeing people that I'd seen on TV and like, they're right there. Like, uh-huh. and, I'm, and I'm in the audience and I'm kind of part of this experience. Uh-huh. Um, this is why I came out to LA is to, is to be a part of the experience. Now I'm in the audience. Now I'm watching. Right. In a, two years, I'm going to be in the green room talking to these people because I became friends and like whatever. Right. And cut to 20 years later, I'm going to be a peer and working with Jimmy yeah. Garofalo on Wet Hot or uh-huh. Sarah on whatever and, and Zach. And, and, you know, and like that, that's how I, I, I mean, I, for want of a better word, sort of manifested, I chose that to, to, mm-hmm. to be my, it's what I wanted to do. Right. And I set about to try to, to make it yeah. happen. And it doesn't have to uh, be with famous people. No, it does not. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you, you have to find whoever your group is and, uh, I mean, yes, yeah. obviously. Uh, yeah, and, and put a button on it. That is, that is the, the circle of life. You, you, if you go through a loss, if you go through these things, it is not a, it is the, the while the loss itself is permanent, the the feeling of that loss isn't, and right. you you will you will have you will always have that wound. Mm-hmm. It will it will not always be as immediate as it feels in the moment. Right, and life works to create more life, and so your 
your experience as you move forward and move move on is to is to find replacement is the wrong word but but people that take the place of that person whether they're a mentor or a a parental figure in your life or a teacher or Mm -hmm. what have you i i'd always i I was a teacher and the reason i became a teacher was because the teachers in my life were so important to me um uh, two of my teachers came to visit my mom in the hospital when she was very briefly in the hospital but they i i just they they've always been uh important people in my life and that's why i wanted to become a teacher was because i was like well i can't i can't donate a wing to this school (laughs) but i can certainly Mm -hmm. give of my time and my experience as at that point a you know freshly minted uh theater graduate did you teach at the school you went to yeah. oh wow that's in great in fact ellie kemper was one of that's my students that's right i've heard oh, that that's, that's amazing. amazing so you know that kind of closed that circle and 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 i felt very accomplished by doing that and and that gave me the kind of wherewithal and understanding of of like okay i can i think i have, I have some sort of capacity to give back to the community uh-huh. that gave so much to me and i can then you know, kind of perpetuate that. Uh-huh. And, you know, standing on stage with Ellie at the 100th anniversary of the school was a nice kind of button on wow. that, I can imagine. that journey as well. Yeah. Well, not wow. to sound too um, cliched. Do it. But I do think your mom would be really, really proud of you. I, I think so too. And I'm, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, it makes me, it makes me very, um, you know, happy to, to know that people feel that way. Yeah. Um, it makes me very, um, you know, happy to know that, look, I was talking about this with some friends the other day, too, of like, in the sliding doors world of, of getting through life as an yeah. orphan, mm-hmm. you know, there were a lot of lefts that I went right that could have been the wrong choice sure, right. in the choose yeah. your own adventure of right. life where you yeah. get to the page and it's just an empty cave with yeah. skeletons <laughs> on it. Yeah. You're like, oh, let's go back. Um so I've been lucky, yeah. too. Shout out to the mentors yeah. you had. I think yeah. that certainly the teachers and the parents, that parents, all of that. It's a big, it's a big help. And it's and and if it's anything, you know, that if anybody takes anything away from this, it's it's to be that person to somebody. To if you have, if you find yourself in the position where some someone represents needing help or guidance in any way do it yeah Yeah. it helps you it helps them absolutely it does it's like it's a tremendous experience and it um it is a uh it is the rising tide that lifts all of the boats john thank you so much this has been really fantastic it's my pleasure yeah i know i was a little nervous to sort of bring up the topic but i thought well it could be fun well it's it's really nice because everyone, as you said, can relate at some point or another. Right. And um, it's also nice to, to hear you, you know, talk about something so meaningful to you and so Not the stuff I personal. break out on talk shows. Yeah. You, don't, you don't think this would be good on Fallon? Maybe you could make a game out of it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you could, like, guess how your mom Beer died or something. grief therapy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If anyone could do it, he could. Uh, yeah. Uh, I just watched a, a clip of um, uh, Matt LeBlanc 
on Fallon at some point, and Matt LeBlanc got to uh, punch him at the end, slap him. So I was like, that's pretty good. That's pretty wow. funny. Yeah. That's I mean, impressive. Yeah. They were arguing about how many claps were in the um, theme song. In, okay. In the okay. theme song. Yeah. And then Matt LeBlanc just slaps him in the face. <laughs> it was pretty fantastic. Um, anyway, thank you so much. Thank you for having this has me. It's been really lovely. It was great. It what was very lovely, moving. What a lovely Halloween. Yes, what a lovely way to spend Halloween. I can't think of a better way. And uh, we'll be right back with what did we learn today? Christine, are you ready to learn what we learned today? So ready. How many children have actually been seriously injured or died as a result of tampered candy? The answer, given the available data on the topic, not a single one. Oh. See, it was all just, I wonder, why would someone start that, though? Like, what did they get out of it? Or, or maybe it's one of those things where it had some kernel of truth. Yeah. I don't know. We'll have to look that Some candy up. kernel. Candy <laughs> corn kernel. <laughs> the length of time someone grieves will depend on you, your circumstances, and the type of significant loss you've experienced. On average, normal grief can last anywhere from six months to two years or more. Or your whole life. Or your whole life. Okay. Barbara Streisand is 81. Her husband, James Brolin, is 83. Okay. So they're very close in age. Nice matchup. Yeah. In March 2013, Brolin began dating his former assistant and model... Co- oh, this is Josh Brolin okay, we're talking about That's now. That's what I want to know. Uh, his, his former assistant and model, Catherine Boyd, they became engaged in 2015. The couple married in September of 2016 and announced on May 2018 uh, that they were expecting their first child. Okay. Diane's like, oh, of course he did. Yeah. They're bo- they're- She's from in the, ins- in the Outsiders, right? No. Um, yeah, yeah. But is he? Was he in the Outsiders too? Not that I'm aware of. But he was in Goonies. Yeah, he's the. Okay. Yeah. I thought maybe he was one of the bad guys in Outsiders because I was like, oh, that'd be so weird if then so many years later they got married. Sometimes surviving is just putting one foot in front of the other. That's what it is. Sometimes that's just life. That's yeah. life. That's what people say. Wow, you know we learned a lot. It we was, did learn a lot very, today. You know what? This was a very special episode. It was. It was a very special episode. We should end on some like a freeze frame with some really sad music. Well, I'm gonna go home and write. I'm gonna go home and learn how to play my guitar mm-hmm. that I've had for about 15 years yep. and have not learned a single note. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna learn a sad song, okay? Just so we have it. Sounds good for this episode. Um, guys, check out our Patreon. Yes, you don't even know the episode you're not listening to right now. Because you, you don't know the episode you're not listening to? Because you're not on Patreon and right. it's got the full extended version of our right. conversation with John, right. which is really magical. And Danielle and I were wiping away tears. Yeah, so, it, was, it, was, it was extremely touching. And just um, enjoying it so much. I can't wait to talk to you guys again. This I, was so fun. I can't wait to talk to you. But it will just only have to wait a week. I know. Not but too not too Sometimes long. the waiting is the hardest part. Uh, Tom Petty told us that. And he was right. Yeah. And then he died. I know, which is so sad. I know. Remember the tribute that Stevie Nicks did yes, for him? Yes. Christine was in a puddle. I was a, such a puddle at that show. Yeah. Man. Anyway. All right. Until next time. <laughs> Remain, Remain calm. Look around. 
You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.